you're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and check us out online at beardedtheologians.com. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Matt Franks. And Zach Beck told, and we have a very special guest with us uh, this week. We have Bishop Scott Jones from the, the Texas Conference of the United Methodist Church, um, which he's, he's located there in Houston. And if you've turned on your TV or Facebook or anything, you know, uh, Houston's got a little bit of water over the last week. And we wanted to have Bishop Jones on to, to tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on down there and uh, share some stories and just, uh, just give us a, just a glimpse into y'all's world down there in Houston. Well, thanks for having me on. I sure am glad for this opportunity to share our experience. Uh, it's been quite a week. Uh, the rain has finally quit here in Houston, but in the far eastern, southeastern corner of my conference, uh, the rain is still coming down and the floodwaters are rising in Beaumont and Port Arthur. So while it started late Friday night, it's not over yet. Right. Right. I've, I've had a little, a couple of conversations with uh, Eddie Irwin out there, making sure that they're above water and, and doing okay. And uh, he's kind of keeping me, keeping me up to date, but that's, that's exactly what he said. As, as the rain has stopped there, it's continuing on in other places. Our United Methodist people have been incredibly uh, active in helping their neighbors, in serving the community ever since this started. Uh, sometimes it's been just neighbor to neighbor. Uh, people checking on others around them. Uh, in other cases, our congregations have served as uh, temporary shelters, uh, allowing people to come there if the, congreg- if the church building was uh, dry and the others in the neighborhood were uh, flooded out. Uh, one of the interesting stories is Faithbridge United Methodist Church, uh, which decided to be a separate shelter for a little while. And... Um, they decided to uh, uh, welcome dogs to come in. Uh, And so we have dogs that have been in the church because, you know, if folks were flooded out of the house, they couldn't very well leave their beloved animal behind. And so uh, uh, having a a dog-friendly church shelter was a big thing. We've had a number of our pastors flooded out of their houses. Uh, DeAndre Johnson is a worship leader at Christ United Methodist Church in Sugarland. Um, he was on the roof of his house. Uh, now, in his case, uh, the Coast Guard helicopters didn't come and rescue him. They rescued over a thousand people that way. But his senior pastor took a kayak and went to his house and rescued him. Um, <laughs> You know, we've had others get rescued by boat. Chapelwood United Methodist Church uh, on the west side uh, began a boat ministry, and their senior pastor, John Stevens, had been out rescuing all kinds of people. Uh, So um, our churches have been very, very active in helping people get through this uh, incredible mess. So we've had an average of 33 inches of rain all over Harris County, some of them over 40 inches since Saturday morning. Um, you know, and I was bishop in Kansas for 12 years, and they talk about Kansas being flat. No, Kansas has lots of hills. <laughs> I mean, this place, it is just flat, flat, flat. 
the Gulf Coast is an hour's drive from here, and the elevation changes 40 feet between here and there. Uh, that tells you it's a very flat area, and the water just takes a long time going to uh, drain to the ocean. Mm -hmm. Bishop, just uh, uh, in, you know, in the first few days, uh, Matt and I being, and most of our listeners being outside of, of your annual conference in, in being able to help today or, you know, anytime soon, what, what is y'all's most immediate need? Well, uh, I have posted an appeal letter and people can read the full text of it by going to our conference website, which is www.txcumc.org. Uh, you'll find my letter there, and I summarize it in three ways. First, we need people praying for us. Uh, it has been just heartwarming hearing about people who are concerned about our well-being and praying for an end to the rain and an end to uh, all of this and for strength to get through it. Second, we need money. Uh, we have been blessed already with some fellow annual conferences and Methodist organizations who have called. UMCOR uh, gives us an automatic $10,000 to get us started. Um, and so for people to donate money to uh, umcor.org or to go on our conference website and give us money directly. Uh, both channels of fundraising are important. UMCOR money has to be used only for individuals uh, who um, are affected, and we will set up a case management process that will make sure people who are in need get the money with the priorities that UMCOR gives us. On the other hand, we also need flexibility with money that we can use for other purposes, uh, like rebuilding some of our churches that are in trouble. Uh, and so money donated directly to the conference comes with fewer restrictions and more flexibility for us. And so I've offered for people to do both things. Part of what I've done this morning, you guys, is to hold conversations with my district superintendents and the conference staff leadership to align our resources so that we can really get serious about the recovery process. There will come a time uh, when we will welcome volunteer and mission teams who come into Houston and give us two, three, six, 12, 100 days, whatever. That was a joke, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody might come for 100 days uh, <laughs> and uh, help with the long-term recovery. My people who have been through the hurricanes in the past tell me this is a three-year process. We will still be hosting VIM teams, uh, you know, 24, 30 months from now. Um, and so we're beginning to identify how we can host those people and uh, welcome their help in terms of hands-on volunteering. We are not ready for that. Uh, in fact, uh, our people are just now beginning to venture out and clean out some of the damage, uh, and that's local. Um, the long-term recovery is going to take a while. Right. Bishop, you um, you shared one story of um, how, or you shared a couple of stories of how churches were being active and involved. Um, are there any other stories that you'd like uh, to share uh, with our audience so maybe they can hear um, how the church has been in action uh, during this time? Uh, Clear Lake United Methodist Church uh, delivered uh, several truckloads of materials to the shelters nearby. Uh, it wasn't clear from 
Charles Anderson's blog, how they gathered it all so quickly, but they had it and uh, delivered truckloads of material to that area. Um, many of our churches opened up as immediate shelters because in the middle of a rainstorm, you got to go someplace. And then as the process unfolded, the Red Cross came by and said, please shut this down and let's send them to a big Red Cross shelter where services can be provided in a um, better way. Uh, yesterday, I was down at the convention center in downtown Houston. Uh, I don't normally wear a clerical collar, but I did yesterday. And I registered as a Red Cross volunteer to provide pastoral care. There are between eight and 9,000 people uh, who are expelled from their homes and living there at the convention center on cots. And so mm -hmm. um, ran into one of my other pastors, uh, Tommy Williams from St. Paul's United Methodist Church. We're just down there talking to people who needed someone to pray with them or somebody to talk to. And um, that kind of thing is just going on all the time. Uh, churches that are uh, reaching out and looking for what might be done. Um, we also should not sort of um, downplay the uh, basic one-on-one -on -one support that people are giving to their neighbors, taking folks in. Um, <laughs> Mary Lou and I, my wife, we live within 500 yards of Methodist Hospital. The chaplain's office at the hospital <coughs> used our neighborhood website to say, hey, we have staff at the hospital who can't get home. Can anybody provide housing? Well, Mary Lou and I had a guest room empty. Um, and so we housed Montez, a uh, chaplain, uh, who had been on duty for 48 hours uh, and uh, gave Montez a room and a breakfast and uh, then took him back to work. So that sort of stuff, not that Mary Lou and I are anything unusual, it's just going on all the time all over town, uh, people taking in their neighbors and their friends. Houston is the most diverse city in America. Uh, more, we are more diverse than New York or Los Angeles in terms of the balance and diversity of ethnic groups. And yet we're watching all kinds of people who are uh, helping their neighbors without regard to race or uh, language or uh, immigration status or any of that sort of thing. It's just a really heartwarming deal to see the city coming together. And it is. And, and especially in this time where there's so much loss and there's so much grief and devastation through, through this, hearing those stories of hope uh, are important. Um, you know, we've seen, uh, I know I've seen the things on Facebook and the news where, um, you know, the Cajun armies come over with boats and, and things like that. And, and oh gosh, you know, there's been a lot that's happened in our world in the last, uh, in the last few weeks that seeing that brings a lot of that hope back into picture of neighbor helping neighbor, regardless of, of anything else. I think the other thing that most United Methodists are aware of, but it bears repeating, is that we, uh, in our disaster recovery, are usually the first in and the last out. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I fully expect that to be the case here. Uh, we had floods here two years ago and hired a case manager. Uh, she literally had her salary end a month ago uh, after two years of work mm -hmm. uh, to help. And that was a relatively, well, 
compared to this, it was minor. I don't know if it was minor at the time. Uh, so we kept her on for a couple of months on a month-to-month -month basis. Well, we called her yesterday and said, you're back to full-time work <laughs> um, because she's a skilled case manager in this sort of stuff. Um, and so there are other people who are flashier and get lots of uh, uh, kudos. Um, we United Methodists stay for the long haul, and we're going to be doing this for a long time. One of my churches uh, in town, a uh, large church with a full-time associate pastor, uh, has just delegated that associate pastor for the next year to work full-time on disaster recovery. Mm. Wow. Whatever his job description was before this, he's now doing disaster relief for the next year. Um, we're evaluating that church as a staging area to welcome our uh, long-term VIM teams. Um, unfortunately, the Texas Conference has uh, had experience with this sort of stuff before. We went through uh, Hurricane Ike. Uh, we hosted Katrina refugees. And uh, as bishop, I've been blessed to inherit a really strong leadership team who uh, know what they're doing. And so uh, we're, we're getting down to work and uh, dusting off our old policies and our old procedures and saying, okay, do these need to be revised or can we continue to just uh, do it like we did before? And, that, and, and Bishop, that's one of the things I've really appreciated about the United Methodist Church is our ability to, we don't necessarily want to draw the headlines. We're not out there to say, hey, we're going to be the first ones there. But knowing and having worked with UMCOR, um, I've worked with UMCOR through three now natural disasters in Oklahoma. Um, and knowing that we are the first in and we are the last to leave. And, and one of those cases that comes to mind was um, one of the F5 tornadoes that tore through Oklahoma a few years ago. Um, we started out with like a group of about, really about 50 people that were part of this like VOAD group that were taking care of people, making sure people were taking care, needs were met and all that stuff. And by the end of it, it was uh, three United Methodist pastors and the MCOR people uh, when we closed the last case. and. And so when I talk to people about UMCOR, that's like the thing I'm like really instilling in people is that, you know, we are really the first in and the last leave because we understand this is a long-term deal and not something that's just flashy and short-term and then we move on. Uh, we really are committed to the long haul. And that's, uh, Bishop, as you um, start entering into that process, um, I'll be praying for you and your team to so that they have a, um, a fruitful experience and that, um, that they re are reminded that the long-term is where um, they really need all the help that they can get. Thank you. Uh, and one more word to get out to your listeners. If they are United Methodists, please contact your conference disaster coordinator. Uh, our guy is Scott Moore. Uh, we're privileged that he can work full-time for the conference as our director of missional excellence. He was on the phone call last night that was hosted by UMCOR and had 60 conference uh, coordinators on the phone call. Um, when we're ready, when it makes sense, uh, your conference disaster coordinator will uh, know that and will be scheduling you because nothing worse than to bring a group of people down here and waste your time and, and travel money. Uh, we want you to be useful and make a difference, and we'll be ready for you at some point. We're just not sure how long it's going to take us and when the right time is going to be. Yeah. Right, and that, that was one of the big messages we want to get out of. I, we know people want to go and help, but when's the right time to go? Uh, and it's not always right now. Um, you know, it's, it's 
here in a few weeks and six months and a couple of years uh, when, when those moments are right. Uh, and that was something that Bishop Harvey uh, really stressed to our listeners when they had all the flooding in Louisiana this time last year. Um, and the other thing was we're three to six years out on this recovery. And uh, mm-hmm. like y'all, it's it's going to take a long time. And, and we want people to know that and understand that and, uh, you know, be excited to go today, but be excited to go in the summer uh, and next year. Right. And so, Bishop, when you're ready to uh, make that plea, let us know. We'd be mm-hmm. glad to have you back on again and um, to yeah. be able to make that plea. And um, I already know that I'm going to use this on Sunday morning for my congregation uh, to be able to see. Um, and then, you know, I know Zach will probably share it through his congregation. And um, uh, and we want to be able to make sure that we um, want to be holding you all in prayer because I know that mm-hmm. this is a difficult time and you're still, I mean, I mean, it's still raining in some places. And so, um, you know, we just want you to know that we are praying for you and we're holding you in prayer. And so, Bishop, uh, we thank you for your time. And for the Bearded Theologians, I'm Matt Franks. And I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening and we hope that you share our content online uh, through Facebook and social media. And we hope that you check out our uh, Beardcast store at beardedtheologians.com and pick up some great Bearded Theologians gear. We hope you have a good day.